Chapter 3 With or Without Cinnamon After leaving the bathroom, I thought about what I'd bring your mother for breakfast. The ingredients and preparations for fried chicken and waffles sifted through my mind. And, while the waffle maker was clean, and we happened to have faux chicken breasts and string beans the night before, it was a pointless endeavor. Alana always wanted French toast. Alana Einfall. The center of our solar system, try as it might, couldn't hold a candle to your mother. As you know, we worked in the same field, in the same building on 30th and Lex. She double-checked official CS entries relating to Thursday, May 3rd, 3000 BCE, on the Julian calendar, between 3 and 4 in the afternoon. It almost goes without saying that Alana had a coveted year to study. I was matching lunar cycles with low-Earth-orbit satellite data and confirming patterns of EMF interference. Specifically, on Monday, May 3rd, 2021 CE, between 3 and 4 post-meridian. Equally important, vastly complicated careers, and all I could harp on was how we were separated by 5,021 years. Exactly. Maybe if you repeat the same phrase over and over again, it'll form a parallel universe, she once uttered with indifference. It was her nerdiness that smote me. Seriously, this can't be a coincidence. At the very least, we should be friends. It was the best I could come up with. Pathetic. I know. Every day, at 1 p.m., she took a water break. Not a coffee break, not a cigarette break, but a nice, refreshing break with 13 ounces of water from a stainless steel thermos that had an equation drawn on the cap. I'd have been a fool not to ask her out. Do you know how to make French toast? she asked, as if that were a normal question to just throw out there. With or without cinnamon? Right answer, cowboy, she replied, without looking up from her notebook. That's right, a paper-filled blue marble notebook. It was sandwiched with newspaper clippings, of what I wouldn't learn until later. But what she wrote with sealed the deal. By the stars, it was a calligraphy pen. I can't for the life of me, tell you what happened on October 3rd, 873 CE. I do remember the first thing she said to me the first day I met her. Say something clever, or you'll never see me again. Breathtaking. Back in our home, as I entered the kitchen, the house proximity alarm opened the window blinds. As I stretched out my arms and took in a deep breath, I closed my eyes and let the rays of the seven o'clock sun massage my face. As the world went red, I let my mind wander into itself. Why was that dream so complex? What was up with the horse? Why did the Chrysler building have beggar's lines? How did I know how a smartphone looked? A text from your mother brought me back to reality. Good morning, darling, floated past my eyelids. 
A few years ago, I asked her to choose the font for her texts. For obvious reasons, she picked Baskerville. With affection, Morning, honey. Did you get any sleep last night? Rolled off of my tongue. The temple tap, synced to the central server, seemed to speech to text for me before I finished the sentence. Gotta love predictive text. A screen popped up inside my left eyelid. Her text continued on the right. The space roar helped me get in a few hours. Take a look at the bottom left image. You never had the privilege, but when I had to take tests and quizzes and get bullied, I had to go to an actual place to do it. Usually overcrowded, most schools, as they were called, were leftover remnants from an agriculturally-based society. For months on end, children aged 6 to 18 would trudge along to a dismal building, woefully behind the times, both socially and technologically. They kick with wanton abandon and scream their little hearts out, all in an attempt to be noticed. The world would glisten with the intensity of a thousand suns as they were forced to remain indoors and uninterested. They'd be given generally seasoned food prepared by generally concerned staff without a care for whether Tuesday's meatloaf and or Friday's Salisbury steak were in fact leftovers. I'm sure they meant well. I know a few teachers and a professor. They all meant well. But the scholastic system had an inherent flaw amongst its employees. All careers are doomed when they begin to feel like a job. Truth be told, who needs twelve years to learn what a proper movie marathon can teach? Even a weekend journeying down the rabbit hole that is the internet link will teach you more than any board member would approve of. Without warning, the program your mother was showing me enlarged. With a projector's flicker, it began advertising itself. Without audio or text, images began to slideshow on both of my eyelids, creating the comforting 3D view that we all know and love. A babbling brook, populated by chalk-white swans and statuesque fawns, frothed at the embankment as the sun from a cloudless sky danced on the water's skin. Four castles had been built onto one plot of land, stretching regally toward the daylight stars. Yes, that's right. As per usual, in a commercial, normal physics were thrown out the window in favor of dream-level spectacle. Somehow, amidst it all, a white-stoned bridge, complete with eight of its own ivy-adorned viewing balconies, connected the three ocular wonders. It's only been a few years, but the generally interactive virtual education, or as it's known by yesterday's politicians and today's youth, give, has seen a ridiculous rise in global literacy, reading comprehension, and algebraic formula retention somewhere around 20% in every subject. The 11-level Dungeon Survival Gymnasium did have a nice ring, though. Realizing I was well within a back and forth, I downswiped the image from my eyelid. Compromise is achieved by the willing.
Day won't need to use this program until she's 18, I protested. Even though I stood alone next to the fridge, Alana responded with a cool resolve that seemed to bring down the temperature of the kitchen, as if to imply that she'd spent, at the very least, the previous insomnia-tinged evening planning your future, instead of working on an unsolved equation. You can never be too prepared, Alana countered. Besides, who's to say she won't need accelerated learning? I didn't let a second pass before I responded. We both know she's got your brains. And my looks. Flattery will get you everywhere. And thing. Your mother responded with her forever adored, witful grace. I won't make you uncomfortable and tell you what went through my head at that moment. Suffice it to say that your mother and I loved each other every single day. Abandoning the manual preparation, I programmed the kitchen to prepare your mother's favorite breakfast. I had more important matters to attend to. As the stove clicked on, our CS terminal, Marty, wheeled up to me. Good morning, sir, he asked. Oh, it couldn't be better, I assured him. I rubbed his smooth head, as if that would intonate reassurance to a plastic shell filled with solid sand. Have you had your aid today? came out of Marty's motionless mouth with the care of a parent toward a child. Um, <clears throat> it's seven in the morning, Marty, I answered. I could have only had one by now. After waiting no more than two seconds, Marty asked, Will the lady of the house enjoy some tea, along with the orange juice and the French toast? You know I'm the only one that drinks tea, I playfully answered. I know that, sir. Have I made a syntax error? retorted the well-loved droid. I don't believe so. I looked him right in his beady little eyes. Even though I expected him to, he didn't back up. Not one millimeter. It's your pre-21st century grasp of gender roles that assures me you were built by someone very repressed. And definitely human, he shot back at me. So my jokes are old, I capitulated. What of it? You want to fight about it? It's your mid-twentieth century cartoon humor that keeps me recharging every night. Sometimes the computer overlord thing gets more than a little old, right? Shall I get started on breakfast, sir, or... Yeah, we're done here, I responded with a raised eyebrow. But remember, Russ Bucket, you need me more than I need you. Existentially, yes. Marty intimated. Practically, no, not really. He then backed away from me. And I'm plastic, genius, he added. I don't rust or biodegrade. As sure as I was that my home droid just threatened my life, I let Marty go about his business. I was more interested in what my wife was doing. As I walked through the living room, which seemed as if no one ever used it, I came upon the spiral staircase. Knowing the details like the back of my hand, I didn't need my vision to negotiate the steps. When we were deciding on a cool entrance to her laboratory, your mother and I based the design off of the one featured in the Christmas TV classic, The Snowman. A magical place, nonetheless, but still, only an attic. I closed my eyes, and 
After three seconds, the browser faded into existence. Looking up, and then center, made the text screen scroll down. I know it's normally the other way around, but the factory preset bothered me to no end. Even though I don't browse the central server that often anymore, I still enjoy having it at the ready. You know, just in case I forget something. Little did I realize that texting, along with communication, is key to a healthy relationship. Has Marty been getting morbidly fresh lately, or is it just me? I asked quietly, knowing that the temple tap would pick up even the quietest of messages. It's not you, Tom, I appeared for two seconds. For another five seconds. Every robot eventually hates humans. The perfect despise the imperfect was painted on my eyelids. It's gems like those that make me glad that CS is keeping every text in a log file somewhere. I opened my eyes after reaching the final step. The red velvet hallway before me would focus anyone's attention toward the lonely onyx door. I put my right arm sternum height. With two fingers, I motioned horizontally from left to right. The door frame sensor, after scanning my height and facial features, allowed the door to slide open. There wasn't the telltale sound of a gust of wind, since your mother wasn't too fond of weather. Instead, Marty's voice bowed me in. Welcome, Mr. Einfold. Thirty-two, six foot three. Inside the room, the ever-changing decor had followed suit by detailing a replica of the Amsterdam. Alana, then, finished my thought. It's a shipwrecked vessel that was built by the Dutch East India Company. Her voice, undefeated by time, rode on a Texan dialect. She told me she kept it as a defense mechanism. In her words, a northern face and a southern voice will take you anywhere you want to go. It attempted its maiden voyage on Friday, November 15th, 1748, Alana continued, as she frantically wrote in one of her many journals. Two more attempts later, it lost an utter and crashed on Sunday, January 26th, 1749. Only you would find inspiration in a shipwreck, Alana. Only you could love someone as OCD as I. She empathized. I walked up to where she was sitting, cross-legged, on the floor, surrounded by 18th century nautical trappings. Amongst the sea-salt-stained oak floors and beautifully crafted work desk and cabinets, I noticed flickering candles, half-melted, rested on carefully placed candelabras. Wouldn't wooden ships have lanterns instead of candles, you know, to prevent an impromptu Viking funeral? Her response was something out of a self-help book, or a Disney film. Dreams only make sense if you make them. Noticing her cheek-spanning grin, Alana had definitely stumbled on something important. She rarely, if ever, worked on the floor. And when she did, it was cause for celebration. Looming over her, there was an old-school chalkboard framed by termited wood, both beckoning to be written upon. Alana had cleaned off all of the extraneous variables, and left up something I'm only now less fuzzy about.
I decided to do some experiments with the bosonic string theory when I realized the answer to the traveling salesman problem was cheating, Alana revealed, without looking up from her marble notebook. I'm sorry, I asked her, not having any idea where she was going. You've completely lost me. A wormhole can fix almost any problem, she replied, as if that fact is normally taught in kindergarten. Also, I believe setting the dimension variable maximum to 1e plus 308 can help solve the TOE problem. We're all doomed if Alana ever decided to take over the world. Days only four, I stated, trying to comprehend something I could actually understand. Your point being, Alana queried, let's let her at least figure out if she's gay or not first, before we start deciding which university would be the most time efficient. I answered, semi-comically, knowing your mother would stick to the point. As long as I have a say in the matter, our daughter will be lined up for the best life possible, Alana unwaveringly retorted. After standing up, she looked into my eyes and continued, Tom, darling, honey bunch. I thought we agreed to keep the baby talk ironic and non-condescending. I am, she responded, keeping her warm hand on my cheek. Dalton is the best preparatory for her. Then, NYU. If she wants, she can get her master's at MIT. Keep going at this rate, she won't have time to decide anything, let alone what or whom she likes, I gently protested. She's going to be spending most of her life on the web anyway, Alana asserted. Why not learn as much as she can before she gets lost in some game's recursive loop? What? So she can be put out of the cultural loop until she's almost thirty? I wondered aloud. Pausing the dialogue for a few seconds, your mother, somehow, stared even deeper into my eyes. Then, she leaned in to kiss me. I pulled back slightly. You know, capitulation isn't surrender, I said through a smile. Not fully, anyways. This isn't war, Tom, Alana told me through a happily returned smile. It's love. I thought it was a marriage, I joked, knowing she knew my humor. On the wings of a whisper, she placed in my ear the words, I never tire of hearing Shut up and kiss me.